Hi everyone and welcome to Textbook Mama Talks, a podcast where we talk real talk as we explore the inner workings of the life of a student parent. I'm your host, Christy, a fellow studying parent at USQ. I'm currently completing a Bachelor of Business and am a mama to three kids between the ages of three and ten years old. Before we get started, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Jagara, Yogara, and Yugara Pool peoples of Ipswich and Springfield, where this podcast is recorded as the keepers of ancient knowledge and whose cultures and customs continue to nurture this land. I also pay respect to elders past, present and future. Now on today's episode, we'll be covering the topic of identity. And with me today is Chris, who is mum to two kids, two boys who are aged nine and seven. And Chris is currently studying a graduate certificate of education. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Excellent. We're happy to have you here. Now, to kick things off, um, what does identity as a studying parent look like to you? Oh, a good dose of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think this is this is something I've really been thinking a lot about the last couple of days, um, especially as I've kind of come back to work after a nice break. The identity of a studying parent, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I think it's a healthy dose of... Uh, a bit of exhaustion, determination, patience, um, all of those things that those skills, I think, that you inherently probably learn as a parent anyway. So they just tend to be put into a overdrive a little bit when you take on studying to the mix. Yeah, I think so. And I think that when people are starting out studying, they look at a studying parent and think it will be one thing. And it turns out, I think that that habit, that little dose of crazy is pretty much in there every semester. Oh, definitely. I think it's uh, much like we were before we had kids. We, we had yeah. this ideal of how it might be and then we That's have right. them and we realise that it's not really, not, not <laughs> not really that like way. that at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's delve a little bit deeper into the chat about identity. Um, now, Chris, you would have your own perceptions of what a studying parent identity looks like, considering that you are a studying parent. Um, however, do you think that people who aren't a studying parent assume a certain identity of what it's like to be a studying parent? Yeah, I, I think they do. Like when I mentioned to a few of my friends who were parents that I was going back to study on top of a full-time job and parenting to two crazy boys, they yep. basically told me I was insane. Um, so there is a bit of a perception that it's almost an unmanageable load. And I think that that's just because people don't really understand the reality of what it is to be studying while you are a parent and, you know, you might be working, you might not. But uh, yeah, so there's some definite bias out there for people who don't really know. So hopefully things like this podcast are going to blow those biases away. Hopefully. We're really looking at kind of the assumed versus the real studying parent identity. Do you think that every parent is really organised? That's probably a big key to what people think a studying parent might be. I think there's this moment that all parents who are studying have in that kind of 10 minutes before they finally drop off to sleep where they have this grand plan about how they're going to be so much more organised tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I think the reality is, is that there's a level of organisation that you can realistically achieve and yep. then a lot of it's just kind of rolling with the punches. So yeah. while it's really great to be really organised, there's there's a whole bunch of life that gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, uh, you know, I think so. Sick kids, uh, house disasters, pet disasters, relative disasters, uh, you know, friends who've got sick kids and all of those kinds of things come into the, 
the mix as well. So I think the the reality is, is that you can be really organised, but you've also got to be prepared for disaster when it strikes and have a contingency plan. So Yeah, I definitely think both of those come into it. I'm personally probably not a very organised person, but I have a lot of people at the moment who think I'm extremely organised. Um, and like you say, there are other times where life just happens and we just go with the flow and hope that we can get back on our feet yep. tomorrow. Yeah. My so. my favorite organization is I'm really great at making lists. I'm really rubbish yep. at actually yeah. getting them finished, but Matching I have them. been known to put stuff on my list that I've already done so I can have the satisfaction <laughs> of crossing it off. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. like I, I think it, the the most I suppose the important thing I've learned about being kind of organized if you want to put that in in some inverted mm-hmm. commas is uh, making sure that you've got a tribe to help support you through when things don't go to plan and when your your list might not actually cover the reality <laughs> of the situation. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's really important too. Do you think that's true that if you are a studying parent that you're only a studying parent? Absolutely not. I mean, for anyone who's got kids, you know that you have multiple identities. You know, it's mm-hmm. such a fluid thing. You you know, and especially with multiple kids, you you have different identities as perceived by your different children. Um, your yep. partner, if you have one as well, you play so many different parts that um, being a studying parent is just one of those parts that you play day to day. So yeah. it's uh, it can be a challenge to try and achieve in all of them and get what you want out of all of them. And sometimes you have to kind of settle for not quite getting to the bar that you were hoping for in some of those those personas, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, that we don't always quite get where we want to. Yeah. And and also if you are looking at kind of one persona where perhaps you haven't done as well as you thought you would have or you wanted to, looking at the other areas of your life and seeing how you're doing on those, you know, if you're not doing so well at study at the moment, it's falling behind, have a look at, you know, the fact that you have been a great mum to this child that was having a little meltdown over something, that you gave them some good advice, that you've managed to get everyone to school on time or to daycare on time, those sorts of things. So I think, yeah, having those different identities and kind of celebrating the wins and losses with each I think is really good. Yeah, and, and like you said, focusing on the wins that you're having rather than where you're, yeah, you're not quite yeah, not quite getting there is really important um, for your mental health as well because if you're constantly focusing on how you didn't get stuff done, then that's just not going to do you any good at all. Yeah, that's right. So I think we're kind of really saying that there is definitely more than one studying parent identity. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. My um, fellow students, there's such a variety of identity in those cohorts. You know, for me, I have a partner. I have two kids that are at school. I work full time. I do volunteering. That's one you know, one in a sea of millions of what this yeah. identity looks like. Um, my hat goes off to people who are single parents looking after multiple kids and studying full-time while holding down full-time jobs. Those guys are superheroes. Aren't they um, amazing? You know, and it, that's when that tribe thing comes in as well. You really need that tribe to, to have your back when you're trying, yeah. to, trying to pull off studying and life at the same time. Exactly. So do you think it's possible to have or to be the best parent and the best student simultaneously? Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think that they're complementary. So for me, yep. um, my background's in engineering. So, um, right. you know, I automatically had to prove myself a lot more than, um, you know, some of my male colleagues along the way. And having yeah. two boys, it's really important to me that I've shown them of what anybody is able to achieve in any area that they're passionate about. So while sometimes I feel like I'm letting my kids down by not being at the school play because I've got, you know, an assignment due or an exam, 
to me, I've learned to balance the fact that I am actually being a good parent by being a good student and being a good employee because I'm setting kind of an example and being a role model for them in that scenario. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, they're probably not really going to remember me not being at their, you know, grade one school play. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it is a trade-off and it's like, it's quite a mindful thing in a way, I suppose, if you want to look at some of those kind of mental health techniques, it's looking at where you are doing well and not getting bogged down in the where you're not doing so well. And yeah, accepting yeah. that being, you know, good in one area is, it's enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good point about kind of setting those examples for your kids as well, um, kind of showing them you like to hope that they'll kind of grow up and think back if they're going through something difficult, see that their their mum or their dad kind of worked very hard to get through their studies and use a lot of those skills and kind of can reach their own heights because of what they've seen in yourself. So Yeah, and for me, my, my kind of role model in all of this is my own mum. You know, there were three kids and there's quite a big gap between the, the uh, second and third one, almost 10 years. But she decided um, after my brother was born that she'd been away from nursing for a long time, so she was going to go back and retrain. So the time my brother was six months old, she put herself through uh, TAFE to start with, then her undergraduate degree, then her honours degree and her master's degree. And, um, you know, well into my 30s, she was still at university while she was working and dealing with a family. And it was just great for me to see that you can do all these things. And yes, sometimes it's a trade-off, but the outcome and the effort's definitely worth it. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear for a lot of us that are kind of trade going through and struggling with the mum guilt is to be able to hear that. And would you say that that's really helped you through your studies? Oh, absolutely. Um, yep. You know, it's it's you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that sometimes yep. <laughs> when you're bogged down and you know hundreds and hundreds of pages of reading and an assignment that you just can't get started on. It, it's nice to remember that that's just one small component in a means to an end, if you will, to yep. know, get it what it is that you're after. For me, um, you know, I'm doing my study at the moment to um, further my knowledge in the particular area of tertiary teaching so that I can be better at my job, um, you know, and I think that's why a lot of people do come back to study later in life um, is that they want to be better at what they are or have a different career and and it's you've got to remember that end goal. Yeah, <laughs> put it on the fridge, right. put it on the bathroom exactly. wall, <laughs> yeah. put it on the dashboard of your car, just remind yourself that there's a light at the end. It gets you through some very, very dark and long nights. It does, some very sleepless <laughs> when nights. When, when you're pushing to get that assignment done, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I think if you, can, why. if you can survive a newborn baby and the demands yes. of being awake every, you know, three to four hours or even yeah. less if you've got one that doesn't sleep, then studying is a breeze. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a definitely good point. Yep. <laughs> We've kind of talked about this a little bit anyway, but do you have to forsake being a good parent so that you can be a good student or vice versa? Um, I think, like I said before, I, I like to think that being a good student bolsters the good parenting karma. But yeah, mm -hmm. there, there are definitely some times where you've got to forsake engagement or uh, with your kids or taking them to the park or something. Um, I hope that I do a good job of making sure that they get that interaction from friends and family so that they're not just, you know, stuck in front of the TV while I'm trying to smash through the majority of a textbook or something, which in its own you know, adds a little bit more burden to try and guarantee that they're having those same experiences just without me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, look, it does feel like sometimes there's definitely a trade-off between being a good student and a good parent for sure. Yeah. And on the lines of what you were just saying, how do you let your identity as a student not override your identity as a parent? 
when I was first a student, you know, I was straight out of school. I had no responsibility to anyone or anything. And it was, it was just easy. I could kind of come and go as I please. But now I have all of these other responsibilities that kind of snap me back into reality. Yeah. So I have to plan much more and be a little bit more diligent about my studies than I previously have. So um, it's, it's a little bit more kind of structured, I suppose, than yeah. it previously has been. But yeah, it is a balancing act between the two things. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think that structure is really what allows you to kind of play all of those different roles, kind of building in a little bit of time to be a parent, building in a little bit of time to be a student, building in some time to be a wife yes. and all of the other roles <laughs> that we play, a friend, yep. all of those things, yep. a sister. Reminding your friends that you are still alive yeah, and out here. I am and still you, here. You love them That's all, right. but it's yep. you're swamped. So <laughs> I mean, one of the nicest things I've had happen to me recently was um, – you know, in a, during one of my subjects last semester, it was quite a hectic time and I'd finally handed in my, my last assignment and a few of my friends had organised with my husband to kidnap me for the night and I had no <laughs> idea about it. I was already in my PJs, but they, you know, walked me into shape and dragged me out for the night and they kind of, it was nice for them to recognise how hard that I had been working and how much I'd sacrificed to, to do what I was doing. But yeah, it was yeah. really cool for them to go, all right, come on. You've done it. Now come be a come be a friend again for a while. Yeah, that's a really nice thing for them to do too. Nice to know that you're remembered while you're kind of yeah. adults of getting through study. Yeah, it's, it's very very easy to lose your own identity when you're being a parent sometimes, let alone being a studying parent. Yeah, well, on that note, you know, once we become a parent, that often becomes the sole focus of our identity is being a mother. Would you say that you found that? Yeah, look, I... I I was quite early to have kids out of my cohort of kind of university and school friends. So for me, yep. it was kind of extra challenging because I didn't really have that support network from my traditional group of friends. So it took yep. a little bit to, to kind of figure out who I was and how I was going to go about being a parent. So it, it's a really tricky thing to not just lose yourself. And those first years are just so diabolically hard and consuming. You know, it's you kind of, what's the expression? The days go forever, but the years whiz by. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. those those first three to five years it can just be a blur. And, you know, if you've got a great kid that sleeps and eats and doesn't have any health issues, <laughs> then, um, you know, I'm sure it's a little bit easier. But if you've got kids that have got any kind of dramas, it, it just sucks all of your energy. It's so physically demanding. Um, that it is just really easy to lose yourself. And some of the best advice I got with my newborns was make sure you have a shower and go outside. There is a world outside the four walls of your (laughs) house and your newborn baby. Um, And I think the same holds true for uh, studying as well. Like sometimes you've got to remember that there's another world out there and remember to try and engage with it at least. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. My sister's just recently had her first baby and it's really interesting now that I'm, my youngest is nearly four and kind of looking back and seeing all of those days and remembering what it's like to have it just suck your time so much. Yeah. Like you said, it's very physically demanding. You're right in there. And I think um, if you have that child that sleeps well and eats well and does oh, all the of those baby. Well, <laughs> yeah, have a second and see how you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Two was, I was done at two. I knew I was at capacity there, but kudos to yeah. anybody who can manage more than that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, yeah, three is plenty. Three is yes. enough. <laughs> so have you found that study has probably allowed you to escape that sole identity of a parent? 
Yeah, look, I'm I'm really lucky in that um, I have a fantastic job and I have fantastic colleagues that really engage and stimulate my brain on a daily basis. So for me, studying was a way to extend my capacity in my my day to day job. Um, but one of the conscious choices I made when my kids were quite little was to stay involved in a volunteer capacity with my profession. So I did volunteer for like our, our local committee and I, um, you know, helped with promotion and marketing activities because I work in a field where we've got a pretty big skill shortage. So that was a really good way for me to kind of stay connected to what I'd spent all of that time at university originally studying. So in a way, I kind of maintained both identities as sketchy as they were sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for me, this time round, it's a little bit easier to recognise that um, my identity as a studying parent is different to just being a parent the you know the yeah. first time round. So yeah, it's, it's like any kind of identity; it's all pretty fluid of what's demanding your attention at any particular time. Yeah. So you know, I can be in the middle of smashing out an amazing paper or uh, you know an assignment or something, and all of a sudden I've got a kid with a broken arm, and that yeah. just <laughs> totally sends you down a different path. So it's, exactly. you, you kind of got to be prepared to flick between those identities at the at the drop of a hat or at you know a broken arm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Um, do you think it's important not to let being a mum define the path of your career then? Because you've done all of the volunteer work, you have kind of managed to, like you said, kind of put one foot in both both fields. Yeah, look, I think regardless of what you do with your life or your career, you've got to do what makes you happy, right? Like yep. if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you should be finding something else to do. And, you know, I have friends who had amazing careers and then had babies a bit later and they decided that that was what they wanted their life to be about for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, for me, I'd, I'd spent a long time studying engineering and I come from a family of engineers and doctors. So there was some expectation that I would kind of continue my career. But I think as long as you're doing what makes you happy and you're being challenged by that, then you're going to probably be okay. Yeah, <laughs> there's always yeah. going to be rough spots regardless of the path you choose. So there's always speed bumps. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. And it, it's okay to kind of pull over to the side of the road and have a break and choose a different path as well. You know, the amount of people I know that have been inspired to come back to study as parents because their kids have inspired them to do something different. Like I have an amazing number of friends who have kids with special needs and that's caused them to... Um, you know, come and study psychology or teaching yeah. or something because they can see that there is a requirement for people with that passion um, yeah. around special needs that needs to be filled and they're the kinds of people that can slip into it and be passionate and engaged and excel in it because they they live it every single day. So. Yeah, and I think that's a strength of studying parents is that we do have that experience. I like to think that we're big and ugly enough to have decided what we're good at and what we're not good at. Yes, and definitely. To be able to, yeah, and to be able to move into those things. But also and I think we're, we're not afraid to step outside our comfort zones as well. Like, you know, yeah. babies don't come with instruction manuals, so there's a lot of exactly. stuff you've got to make up as you go along. <laughs> and I think that's the cool thing about being a parent and studying is that it's not as daunting because you know that you've faced all of these other challenges and you've survived them. You know, every every day you wake up means you survived the challenge. So Yeah, I think um, that's true. You're so much more adaptable and you can think of things, like look at things from such a different perspective than you might have otherwise. So Yeah. Yeah, really we're multitasking point. ninjas as well, so that yeah. definitely helps. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing what we can do, really. Yeah, I can't <laughs> count the number of times I've been attending an online class and my, at the time, six-year-old was climbing all over me and I was, you know, teaching somebody to do something or 
dealing with dinner in the oven at the same time. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just wrapping up, really, it's it's kind of like you say, we can juggle all of those different identities at the same time and and be able to give a lot to each one of them. Yeah. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you join us today, Chris, on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your own textbook mama experiences and for shining some light on identity and for all of us studying parents. No problem at all. Just good luck to everybody. You can do it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's a totally survivable and uh, well worth it activity to do. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. No worries. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. To keep on listening, you can find more episodes on Podbeam, iTunes or USQ's social hub at social.usq.edu.au. If this talk tickled your fancy and seemed all too hashtag relatable, have you heard about USQ's Studying Parents Facebook group? This unique online community is for current USQ studying parents and is designed to support you to succeed and navigate your studies as you go through family life. To join the group, just head to University of in Queensland on Facebook and don't forget for more resources and motivation dedicated to support you throughout your student journey connect with USQ's social media accounts by searching at USQEDU. I'm Christy and you've been listening to Textbook Mama Talks. <laughs>